Welcome to Midnight with the Lunatics. It's not midnight, but it will be someday. So, we're going to talk about comic books. Growing up with them, being a fan of them since a young age, it's great that they're getting their due as legitimate art nowadays. But it wasn't always like that. This episode is going to be split in two, so for today we'll talk about comics on the page, and next time we'll talk about everything else, like the movies, shows, and games. I am, as always, joined by our resident Joey Wheeler, Malcolm. I'm more of a Bakura, but good point anyway. So, Malcolm, tell me, how did you get into comics? I'll be honest, when I was younger... A lot of time, we focus more on the Eastern comics than the Western ones, frankly. Mm. But I think what it was, was if I'm remembering correctly, I think when I was younger, I, I, I got bored browsing on the internet sometimes, and there were times when I would like to go on like the Marvel Wiki or the DC Wiki and look up characters that I thought were really cool, I seem to remember. And the characters I found the coolest became my favorites. Swamp Thing, Moon Knight, Dr. Fate. Um, I think that's how I got interested in comic book characters in the first place. Sticking with superhero comics, what what, what are some of your favorites? Or so, what, what are some uh, well, standout ones? Well, before I go into that, I want to talk about another... If you don't mind me indulging... Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Comics. Um, when I was younger my parents signed me up for a camp called camp a summer camp called camp ramsbottom that i would go to for a few years and on one of the bus rides back from it i remember distinctly that my friend owen got from a counselor this massive book of marvel characters hmm. that we that we looked through for a bit and i remember learning i remember getting really invested in it um i don't just preface this, I don't read many I don't read many actual comic books. Mm-hmm. But the ones that stand out to me from the ones that I have read, um the new fifty two Swamp Thing run is really, really good. Bit gory, but mm. it, it's well, pretty incredible. It's always been a horror comic. Always been a horror comic. Kind of moving outside the branch of Marvel and DC a little bit. I know that the Sandman, Neil Gaiman's The Sandman is incredible. Um, I've read a little bit of the New 52 Animal Man, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that the Court of Owls storyline for Batman is, is amazing. Some of my favorites that come to mind are Spider-Man Blue, which I don't know if you've ever read. I've never read that. I've never heard of it, actually. I think the same team did uh, Daredevil Yellow, which is also pretty good, but the ending was, they just kind of cut it off. But anyways, well, actually, some others I would say are uh, Hawkeye, the 2012 series they did. You'd never think Hawkeye would be interesting, but somehow they did it. Is that the one where they make him a more relatable character? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of that one. Yeah. I think the description before the story starts is it always goes like, uh, you know, uh, he's an Avenger, but this is what he does when he's not doing that. And I I like that one a lot because it's, he doesn't really fight villains that much. Like it, it happens. And I guess there's a through line with that, with the, with the, with the white face guy, but, 
generally he's kind of just doing more uh, relatable stuff like helping out his neighbor get his father out of a flood as much as marvel is sort of the relatable heroes um i don't know i don't really see that a lot at least from when i read and i was i was glad to see they were doing it with somebody well they all people always say marvel is more relatable characters dc has characters you can look up to but honestly i'm not even sure that's again I don't, yeah like you i don't even sure that's true because it really doesn't have a what hero you're looking at I mean, yeah there are relatable heroes in dc and other characters you can look up to yeah i think there's a lot more crossover than you'd think going outside of the superheroes for a minute another one is sin city which i always liked but only the um but only the first one and what i mean by that is you know there was I don't remember if it if it came right after or it was a little long a lot of little ways after. But they also did a, a Frank and Miller. He did a second uh, series of that with other characters that I'm forgetting the name of. Was it good? It was good, but uh, it didn't it didn't really have Marv in it, you know. And I think and his story is especially the best. I see. Yeah, and the. Uh, I didn't expect Frank to go in a different direction with that. Wow. Well, it's not extraordinarily different, but it's I don't I like I like what the simplicity of the first one. Another one uh, is Tintin. I oh oh you said Tintin, not Tinted. Of course I know Tintin. It's been around a lot longer than I think, like late nineteen twenties. I don't know twenties, but I think more like forties or something like that. It, yeah, but it's been around a long time. Yeah. And another one is Tank Girl, which is, uh, I don't know if you've read that. I haven't read it. I completely forgot it. Forgot it was based off of a comic. I've <laughs> yeah. It yeah. It's, I, it's, it, the drawing is brilliant, and I think, and I like how kind of casual the series is. Is it any different from the movie? I'm curious. I think I think the movie got down a lot of elements of it, like the kangaroo people and that, and when, uh, not only in the world but also the style. I think they got a lot. I think the movie just ended up not being written very well, but I think, and it's I think it can be hard to follow the comic too. So I tend to read it more for the illustration, but I don't know. I think I think it's good. It's a it's it's kind of. Uh, relaxing i guess even for all the craziness going on oh it's this weird sort of contrast oh yeah it's, it's a it's it's a very weird comic to say the least but yeah. i know tank girl that checks out oh yeah there's also uh, two others just to mention are mouse which do you know that I've i think my brother read it but i've never read it i've seen you it should before. you should absolutely read that it's the one with the German mice, right? No, though no, the I think if I hold on the uh, no the Jews are mice, the Nazis are are cats. Yeah, I've seen this one. I haven't read it though. To, to give you the, the the bare bones of it, it's the author himself talking uh, or talking to his dad, uh, and his dad sort of telling him about his experience uh, during World War Two and you know with the nazis and all that and i think the way they go about it is really uh it's not too much but it, they don't but they don't uh relax on anything right they don't really hold back no they don't i think they they, they uh, the author tries to get it down as much as possible 
and uh, and again the, the 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 illustrations are perfect for it because they're they're grim but and there's a realism to them even though you know people are mice and pigs and dogs and cats yeah i should definitely give it a read yeah, i think you i think you would like it the last one i want to mention is the most depressing comic i've ever read really is v for vendetta because just it's 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 kind of, it's crushing kind of i've heard you mentioned before the movie got a lot of things no the movie's terrible don't watch that because they they just they they glamorize so much and that's 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 the opposite of 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 what the comic does and they and the movie's also very triumphant too and it's like that's not really that's I, that's very the opposite, opposite to the point yeah because again the comic is incredibly uh just yeah it's depressing but i think it's i think it's one that's helpful to read like i think you you will get a lot out of it even as uh as grim as it is as grisly as it I, is you think i should try reading it uh maybe <laughs> i don't know I'd, th- I'd say yeah actually no i'd say you should give it a shot but again it's it, i can't i think it's 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 a lot especially since the, the 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 um the art style is very creepy even though it's realistic it makes the people very creepy and very um and not in the and it's very well drawn it's just that the way that it's done is is, is intentional for them to be sort of monstrous that i didn't know it was so depressing either i absolutely think so i have the book but i don't really touch it that much because of that mm. uh, the other thing uh moving on from that i wanted to oh yeah um to mention is also um manga okay my experience with manga is this when i was younger my brother kept well, this went hand in hand with with how I got introduced to anime, um, which was because my brother introduced told me about a few I should watch that were on Netflix, and it was also because of my older brother that I got into reading manga because he because he had kept a lot of Shonen Jump he read Shonen Jump a lot of the time and we had a lot mm-hmm. of issues and because of that I found myself reading them as well and I was introduced to a lot of the well known manga like One Piece and Naruto. Mm. Arto, Death Note, through reading a lot of Shonen Jump, because Shonen Jump has a very wide variety of different manga and characters. And it also helped that I was watching the four kids Yu Gi Oh! dub a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Into the Yu Gi Oh! manga as well, a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, Shonen Jump was my introduction to manga. Um, and Challenge Up had like Karunaga, One Piece, Naruto. It had a lot of stuff back then. I'm wondering because uh, my insight on 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 these on Eastern uh, comics, I suppose, are kind of limited. And so, for somebody who wanted to get into it, whether they're not familiar with comics or whether they are with but with more Western ones, uh, what what would you say are good titles for that? Really. Thanks. The thing with manga that needs to be realized right off the bat is that it really depends on what kind of manga you're going for because as much as people talk about 
I think what it's easy to forget because of all the shonen manga that are out there on, mm. nowadays, like My Hero Academia and Black Clover, that manga is a very wide genre. I mean, if you're if you're looking for shot, I mean, there's shonen, but there's also the seinen genre, which is stuff like Berserk. Oh yeah, which is usually for people that prefer darker, more mature content. There's all the romance manga that are out there for people that prefer less action-oriented stuff. Mm. Like I know, R in high school. I know I know that Kuroko no Basket is one of those, but mm. there are several others. I mean, it's it depends. The, before you need to figure, it's hard. It's kind of hard to pinpoint what a beginner manga is because it really depends on what you're looking for. Mm. I mean. If you're looking for Sean, if you're looking for beginner Sean in manga, I mean, My Hero Academia is pretty good. And Black Clover, I've heard, is really good, mm. especially nowadays. But if you're looking for something darker, then maybe maybe Death Note or Berserk would be a better fit. It really depends on what you're looking for, mm. is what I'd say. Right. There is a wide variety of manga beyond just Sean. I mean,. I mean, hell, and even with Sena, it's not just reserved stuff like Devil Man Cry Baby as well. Again, depends on what you're into. I mean, the first step is is pinpointing whether you're into what you're really looking for. If you're looking for, for tournament arcs or or more peaceful romance, romantic affairs, or psychological horror, pinpoint that, and I guarantee, you, and then Google manga related to it, I guarantee whatever you're interested in, there's probably a manga. I think it's easy for a lot of people to forget that there is manga outside the shonen genre, just mm. because shonen is so explosively popular these days. Yeah. It, that, remind, it, it, it's, that reminds me of... That just, just to go away from that for just a minute, uh, that reminds me very much of how I think a lot of people interpret comic books in general as being uh, superheroes you know and and kind of being just that but like i've said there's there there is so much else to it there's there's any genre you can think of there's something for it That's and true. i think That's one thing that comics and manga definitely oh no continue no go ahead i, I think that is definitely something comics and manga have in common what's the difference would you say between uh Western comics and Eastern uh, manga. Well, first of all, and I think this is a pre I think this is a pretty common thing. I think I th well, I think there's more than one difference. One thing I can think of right off the bat is formatting. Mm. I, I, um, one standard thing is that a lot of comics read left to right, and a lot of manga read right to left. But uh, fundamentally, do you think they work the same? Fundamentally, they're two different things for, uh, for... Hold on, I'm trying to figure out how best to describe this. Oh, yeah. Because what I'm saying here probably doesn't apply to every manga or every comic. But generally speaking, the difference is that comic, comic book characters are being written by... Oh, most of the time by by a large group of people. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. And But with manga, a lot of the time, it's a single person doing both the writing and the illustrating, which mm. doesn't really happen a lot of the time back in comics where a separate person acts as the illustrator. There yeah. are exceptions to this. I mean, single people have made 
Western comics before. Especially if they're it's independent like titles. It's, yeah, definitely. It isn't, that's just generally how I distinguish the two. In, in regards to this, I just want to know, and I'm not going to go into depth with this because the internet, people have been arguing about this on the internet. They always do. For a long time, is the definition of what constitutes an an anime. Because to the Japanese, anime is just a word to mean cartoon, just cartoon in general. And I think a similar similar thing might apply with manga to them where it just means comic. Somebody had done the math and and, uh, came to the conclusion that the average uh, manga creator had in a week, four hours or six hours of free time. Because all they could do was work to actually get the thing out. This is actually a very important distinction between Western and Eastern comics. I think that, but I think it also comes down to just Western and Eastern cultures in general that in terms of the work environments in in between between Western work environments and Eastern work environments, I mm. feel like with Eastern work environments, there's a lot less. It's a lot more harsh and a lot more restrictive. Mm. And as you said, I don't think the creators get nearly as much free time as Western writers and artists might. Uh. I think that. I think, and I, again, I think this comes down to. I think this is definitely a cultural thing. Generally, I found that in Western culture, stuff like education and and what we're discussing now, comics, it tends to be a bit more relaxed in, in terms of the workforce, you know? Yeah. Whereas in Eastern cultures like China and Japan, it tends to be, there's, there's it seems to be a lot more iron-fisted in how they, oh, I don't want to say iron-fisted because I feel like too derogatory, but... It seems... Kind of like a factory line a bit. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It feels... They're a lot more serious about education compared to places... Education and comic writing and working compared to stuff like... Compared to America. Yeah. Like, they don't... And I've actually researched it before and there have been high suicide rates in the workforce in Japan precisely because of that reason. And I... Related to that, hmm. I've heard there have there I've heard of a few cases where, well, I've heard that Taikuo, the author of Bleach, ended up retiring because the workforce is too harsh. Right. Togashi, who makes Hunter x Hunter, frequently takes breaks because of back problems. Hmm. I mean, it's it's debilitating physically and mentally. You don't really have time for anything else. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine working in an environment like that. On something of a lighter note, uh, what do you think are the pros and cons of event comics? And also, it, and also, uh, why are they important? Well, pros and cons, I think, in terms of pros, it allows you to connect. It allows you to connect a lot of characters into a larger universe by pitting them against the larger threat. It's a good way to bring a lot of readers in. Mm. Um, and and it, it can be a good way to... And if done correctly, it can wrap up multiple individual story arcs with one 
concluding story. And by that same token of attracting a lot of readers, it can it can be hard for a lot of readers to jump into an event comic because they might have missed stuff in individual issues. Yeah, and and that's how they that's why they end up with a lot of event comics just wiping the the slate clean, you know, because yeah, they they want to get uh, new people in. Yeah, and that's actually probably the reason DC has rebooted its universe so many times with stuff like Flash. Um, and cons, something like event co- I can think of two other cons for event comics. One, it can become overblown and way too stuffed with story arcs and characters. It's mm. really difficult and complicated to follow. I know some people like some people feel about that way about Final Crisis. Um, and another thing, they can become way too... And I know this is a problem that I think both Marvel and DC suffer from nowadays, though I am seeing more of it from Marvel. Yeah. Um, they can become way too frequent. This is the case with DC, but I have noticed with Marvel that they've been releasing a lot of event comics lately in quick succession. Mm-hmm. And that can't, and and sometimes it's not even good event comics. I mean, stuff like Civil War 2. Yeah, well, that's uh, the other thing I wanted to say. The other con I thought of was uh, tying to your for- first point there. Uh, the, the thing is, they I think they get so uh, stuck in like the the awe of it, the, uh, the the scope of it, that they forget to write the characters and they forget to make good writing. This is the problem that I've seen in particular when character wants a name, but I know this has sort of happened to a lot, not just in her movie, but I think this has happened a lot to Captain Marvel actually. Mm. In Marvel, I've actually heard a lot of the times that they've kind of that over time they've kind of forgotten what her character is. How come? I'm not sure. Actually, I think well, I think for a time Marvel is trying to push. I think Marvel. I think it's part of the. I think part of what Marvel is trying to do. I think they've been trying to push, sort of push Captain Marvel's their equivalent to Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But I think in the process of trying to make her a strong female character, they forgot to give her any relatable flaws. Yeah. I think they made her too perfect, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Cause that's... And I think that that's that's a common problem with a lot of female comic characters, I think, some of the time, is that mm. you, just because a character is, you're trying to make a strong female character doesn't mean they have to be perfect. You can give them flaws. The the other thing is and related to that is that a lot of event comics don't usually fall into the helm of maybe one or two writers. Well, I think that varies. Like I've heard, I know Final Crisis was like one. I think I think there can be ones that are a couple writers, but then again, I've also seen ones like Countdown or Future's End that were multiple. Writers. Right. Because I, 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 I guess doesn't it. It, because I think that poses two two new problems. First, that if you, if you have only one writer handling an entire universe and, and a bunch of storylines that came from other different writers, it all ends up kind of falling on the ground and looking like a big mess. Because, I don't know, I mean, I think the way that event comics are structured is kind of a... Uh, impediment from the start, me, um, seeing how they... I don't know. They they try to uh, bring everything together in one big thing, and that's well. I mean, as far as stories go, it's not a great uh, it's not a great idea. But again, I think that they end up focusing more on the marketability of a, of an event comic than if it's a satisfying conclusion. You know. 
it definitely happened with Civil War Two. Yeah, tell me tell me about that one because I don't actually know anything about it. Actually, well, first I just wanted to mention that what you're saying about mm. about having the problem with a single writer handling so many characters reminds me of Brian Azzarello. I think it was Brian Azzarello doing the Tower of God DC storyline where all the DC superheroes lost their powers. Uh. And I think this shows there's this shows another problem having a single writer because a single writer can be biased towards a specific character. Like Brian tried to like overhype Batman a lot in that story by showing how much better he was than the other heroes because he didn't have powers and it just fell flat. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's Civil War Two. Do you want a basic plot synopsis? Yeah, not, not, don't reveal too much, but just some of the. I want to. Yeah, just generally what it is. So essentially, so essentially, a mutant is discovered that can a superhuman is discovered who can see the future future and essentially this provokes a this this the thought his visions are so damning it ends up splitting the superheroes into two different factions one led by cap one led by i think i I believe it's one led by captain marvel while the other one is led by iron man Mm, actually i think you're right yeah um and this results in a destructive war with many casualties. In an incredibly stupid move, Hawkeye ends up killing the Hulk, which was one of the dumbest story decisions oh, I've ever seen. Oh, I remember that now, yeah. Yeah, I hated that so much. Like, yeah, I know they tried to justify it, saying, oh, well, Banner asked Hawkeye to kill Hulk. Yeah, yeah. it was still really, really Didn't dumb. they get uh, Mortal Hulk out of that? Yeah, that would explain a lot. I'm saying, by the way, if you're looking for a good comic, especially a really good horror comic, I've heard that Immortal Hulk is really, really good. Mm. Yeah, like, I was, I was it, thinking about starting that. Yeah, I've actually heard it is definitely a horror comic, and it's very grotesque. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. Good for Hulk. But yeah, Civil War 2... Hulk has died way too many times, <laughs> by the way. But yeah, Civil War 2 is incredibly stupid and drawn out. Mm. Ultimately, they ended up tarnishing Captain Marvel's character even more, and then Spider and then Miles Morales had a vision vision of Captain had a vision of Captain America dying, which inevitably ended up being being the end of the storyline where Captain America was made into a Hydra agent. Oh yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was stupid. You know. The thing with Captain America and Hydra I wanted to mention, it's not Captain America being Hydra that's potentially the problem. I think the problem is that they didn't really reveal it well. So he's saying well, the execution. I think the execution was absolutely dreadful, really. Yeah. And if you're I mean, doing if you're doing such uh if you're if you're dealing with characters with as lengthy of a uh I guess a legacy as these people, then you really do need uh, a good execution. I mean, you do across the board, but especially if you're trying to make do a big reveal like this. They kept claiming that they really had changed all of Captain America's history, that he was with Hydra all along. But they went back the on it, right? Time, yeah, they went back on it at the last second of the comic and just claimed, oh, he was brainwashed. Yeah. Just say he was brainwashed to begin with. I mean, because they don't know what they're doing. What? Yeah, it was a stupid decision. Yeah. But yeah, Civil War 2, ultimately point where... I don't even remember how that whole thing ended. 
Have you ever read a good event comic? Because um, I know I've only read one, which I'll, if you don't have any, I'll say it. Yeah, you go ahead and say it, because I can't think of any of them. Yeah, I mean, it's not amazing, but Crisis on Infinite Earths is not bad, I don't think. Have you read it? I didn't, uh, well, yes, technically. I skipped around a little bit, but in the generally, I think they did pretty well, especially towards the end. And I, yeah, and also and also the other thing is anti monitor. He's great. That's definitely one that managed to handle its large scope effectively. Yeah, and anti monitor is such a great looking villain. Anti monitor, yeah, because he has the whale teeth, but and then the monitors just look stupid. Yeah. I just want to say I really don't like the anti monitors redesign. Oh no, me neither. Oh god, I hate it so much. It's Actually, so ugly. I mean, yeah, I get the original one was ugly too, but the original one had a real. That was the design that didn't really need a redesign. He had a style to him. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, my next topic, which is uh, a question I'll pose to you: redesigns of characters, because of course you can have the writing be as bad as you want it to be, but at least it'll look nice. But what if it doesn't? And this brings us here. Mm. So, so um, off the top of your head, what? How do you feel about redesigns, generally speaking? I think redesigns can work, um, mm. but I think it needs to draw. I, I think there needs to it needs to balance being new and fresh enough, not to justify it existing, and but also being similar enough to the original design to not turn readers off. Uh-huh. I think a good character, for example, this is probably Daredevil. Oh, for sure. I for still... Original... Oh, go ahead. The, the, the yellow costume, you mean? Yeah, I, I, I actually love that one a lot, but I understand why they did the red one. But the red one, and also the Shadowlands one as well, I think. The one from oh, the yeah, yeah. Shadowlands storyline as well. Well, I think that, but yeah, I think those those work so well because they're so similar to to the original design it doesn't turn people off. But it's still a fresh uh, take. It's still a fresh take, yeah. Mm. I mean, for a bad way to do a redesign, just look at the new 52 Lobo. There's also, this is kind of related, but not totally, but kind of, is when Superman, when he died and then all the other ones took his place. And then there was like there was like the red one and the blue one. That was kind of stupid. Or I thought it was. Well, I think that the death of the Superman storyline is pretty good. I mean, no, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the designs of the ones that took his place were. I I don't don't know. (laughs) Let's give him sunglasses. You know, it's like okay. That was Eradicator, and yeah. Yeah. Um. But like that. But uh, that also just brought me. Then speaking of Superman, that time he had really long hair. That's right. Yes. Is that mullet Superman? That was a weird one. Yeah. I. You know. I didn't mind so much in the black suit, but I. I'm. I think there was. Wasn't there? There was a time when he had that in the red and blue. Yeah, I think so too. So, now the last thing that I'll pose to you, Malcolm, is comics as art. Basically, long ago, before the year 2008, and long before that, there was a time when comics were just seen as being for kids, and they kind of were 
for a long time they had the the sti- I guess the stigma attached to them that they were for uh, you know kids and things and they were childish but over I think it's been proven time and time again that they're not just that and that comics are still a young art form and I think that's a, a large part of why that that feeling is still there because it's the same with but it's similar to video games you know they're a young art as well and again they've had that that idea attached to them that they're kind of disposable that you know they're not uh, good enough to be considered art how do you feel about that argument that they're not really art well one comic i wanted to mention that proved to me that comics can be art is um the sandman by neil gaiman absolutely beautiful story completely breathtaking i mean you can i think that's what proved to me that it yes the comics are a young medium but i think they definitely i i agree they definitely can be considered an art form mm. it's just they can be they can be made meaningful and impactful as much as any other medium and actually on that note i've seen a few web comics such as uh, the first two that come to mind are Unfounded and Axis Powers, Axis Powers Italia. Mm. I wanted to, I wanted to mention Axis Powers Italia in particular, because on the one hand, the cutesy art style might, the cutesy art style might lead people to dismiss it as childish, but on the other hand, it's surprisingly well written and with a lot of development for its characters. Mm. Um. And it's, it can be really creative and fun at times. I think people underestimate comics a lot because they're definitely not... They're definitely not childish. And it's 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 interesting that you mentioned that because I know that... I've learned that in Japan, it's actually... Sim- a lot of... I, I know that in Japan, a lot of the time, generally speaking, manga is sort of seen as childish. Mm. Um by a lot of people even though there is Senin like Sainan and like Berserk exist, I think that but I think that I this stigma is kind of undeserved because comics can carry a lot of meaning and they can be impactful. And they do. Um and they do a lot of the time and I think they've proved it they've they've proven themselves repeatedly. Um and I think it, it's not right to be as flatly dismissive of them as people are. Yeah and um the um and that reminds me of the the word or the phrase graphic novel because it seems kind of disingenuous because they're comic books you know i think graphic novel is sort of a way of saying oh but not really and but i and and maybe it's maybe that's more a matter of opinion but i've always felt that graphic novel is kind of a word to say comic book without really wanting to say it begin saying, oh, no, this isn't like that. And I mean, perhaps it's more of a um, matter of the length or of how it's distributed, but I don't think it is, necessarily. I mean, hell, I consider The Sandman a comic book. Mm-hmm. And many people would probably see that as a graphic novel. And I feel like even com- even super- a lot of superhero comics, which people can dismiss as childish, because I know there are storylines out there that have kind of 
somehow kind of proven that idea wrong. But again, like DC with the Court of Owls, there was, and also one moment in particular comes to mind is there was, I don't remember what specific comic this happened in. I think it might have been All-Star Superman, but there was a moment where a woman was standing on the edge of a building about to commit suicide, and Superman ultimately talked her down. And I think that alone proves that comics aren't just for kids. They can carry that weight and that impact, and they can be so much more than just traditional saving the day. Yeah. Um, they, sometimes just words alone are enough. Mm. And there was no action in that scene between Superman, between Superman and, and that kid, and that, that's the point I'm trying to make. I want to point back to the Sandman one last time mm. from somebody who has read an entire story arc from it, that it doesn't really focus on action, and I wouldn't really call it a superhero comic, but it's but it's still such a meaningful work that really talks about the nature of stories and why we write them. And I think it, it definitely proves that that comics comics are as much of a medium to carry to carry to carry serious messages about grief and loss and pain as any other medium. And they shouldn't just be flatly dismissed. Yeah, and I think, and even the ones that are more lighthearted are not, uh, shouldn't be discounted either. And I think, I think what it is, is at, at the end of the day, it is artists getting out their dreams. And like I said at the beginning of this, um, that I think, uh, especially now with the, uh, with the emergence of, of just the popularity of the movies and, and the shows and the games and all this stuff, I think comics are kind of getting the attention they need to get past that idea that they're just, uh, I guess, not as good. Like you said, well, lightheartedness kind of reminds me of a manga they really enjoyed. Um, it kind of reminded me of Assassination Classroom, mm. which for most of its run, admittedly, Assassination, Assassination Classroom was a comedy manga um and yet it had one of the most emotional and heartbreaking endings i've ever actually read from a western or eastern comic mm. um artists have more range than i think a lot of people give them credit for but i also agree that with the exposure both manga and comics are getting i think this applies to manga as well both of them are moving towards being taken more seriously we'll be back next time the second part of this and we'll be looking more at like i said the uh the uh, the um the other forms of media that spawned from comics all right guys guys that has been midnight with the lunatics as usual have a keep keep surviving the quarantine we'll get done with it eventually and we'll get done with midnight eventually but the night is still young enjoy everyone